burned by the fire way too much. Number 213. Check number 213. 213. No. I'm ready, baby. Ready. Are you? Yeah. Hello, everyone, and welcome into the Untitled Life podcast with Caleb and Amy. I'm Amy. Sitting next to me, as always, is Caleb, and we want to welcome you to the show. Yes, but I have to say, Amy, it is not as always because you literally, were, yeah, literally, last week, literally last week, <laughs> you we weren't sitting beside each other because you were the guest on the show and I was the host. If you haven't heard that episode, go check it out. We have Amy. Yes, host Amy on as a guest. It's a Campfire Chats episode where we kind of dive into who Amy is, what she is, where she is, and how she is. What a mystery. Wow. Yeah, Yeah, it was a two-part episode. So there are two. There's a part one and part two. But yeah, maybe if you just, you know, if you feel like it, you could check those out. All that to say, it's not always like that. Okay. (laughs) Literally the one episode after that. I'm just getting spicy right away, apparently. (laughs) Whenever you claim yourself a spicy, it's not that spicy. It's not that spicy, no. <laughs> well, I don't ever think I'm spicy, and people are always like, "Oh, spicy Caleb's coming out." I'm like, "Wait, what did I just do to be spicy?" <laughs> yeah, it's clear that you don't understand it because when you try and call yourself out, it's not I a spicy moment. It. So yeah. maybe that can be, I guess, your life's work is just to try to figure out when you're spicy and when you're not. But okay. Anyways, welcome into the show. Let's start this episode as we always do. This is just what I'm going to say now by painting a picture of where we are. Caleb, you want to paint the picture today? Oh, man. We're going to start needing some, like, background music, like some picking on guitar or your ukulele as we I do mean, this section. You want to you wanna go for it? Grab yeah. the uke? Yeah, I can do it. Pull uh, her out. Whoa. Only if you don't want to have a kid. Uh, I don't know what that means. <laughs> okay. The uke is here. This isn't Caleb's main instrument, but here we go. But you're musically talented as always. Here we are, in the deserts of Moab, Utah. It's nice and sunny out. It's very sunny out. In fact, it's been very hot this week in the in the 80s, and uh, it's been a struggle to stay cool. But um, we're up on this bluff, you could say. Can you give me a G? Klondike Bluff. And uh, it's, it's really cool here. We have a view of Arches National Park out our back windows. Uh, we've been in, we've actually camped in the exact spot we're camping before. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so we have arches out our back windows, um, as also the sunrise, where the sun rises. We have the LaSalle Mountains, which is a range of like 13,000 foot mountains over to our, I guess, what is that? Kind of Southeast east. of yeah. us. And they are always phenomenal they're always like somehow no matter how hot it is they they're like snow-capped and are such like a direct contrast to the rest of moab's like red rock dry and arid desert lands they do look very out of place always but i definitely feel like when they're snow-capped which they are right now they really look out of place yeah they look at i mean like i think we we had happy hour on the roof of our van Mm -hmm. last night um so we're already on top of this ridge and then we're also climbed on top of our van to get even a better viewpoint and just like looked at those mountains and they do just my mind they don't comprehend to my mind and they're pretty picturesque mountains too you know like we're obviously big fans of Colorado and the mountains there, but these LaSalle's are pretty picturesque. And I will say, I love Colorado so much, but not all the mountains are incredibly picturesque. Some of them are just kind of big (laughs) mounds. I think, yeah, we're starting to get a little uh, stuck up in terms of our Colorado (laughs) 
mountain beauty. No, I'm just, I still love it and I appreciate it for what it is. There's just different kinds. Like there's dramatic mountains and there's not as dramatic mountains. Right. And I feel like the LaSalle's look pretty dramatic. They are so. pretty dramatic, especially contrasted with the rest of Moab, Utah. Mm-hmm. And then out behind us, we have the red zone over in the distance where the sun sets to the west. And it is beauty. And also out our window, we have a blooming Burberry nice. bush. Yeah. Yeah, the red zone is what we call it. But it, basically the red zone is just a few different red rock mesas that we can see from our spot. Um, and then you said it's a Burberry bush? A Fremont Bre- Burberry bush. Bush. Fremont. Man, say that five Burberry times bush. fast. Fremont that's, Burberry bush. Fremont that's Burberry actually bush. been really cool because um, it smells very nice and floral and sometimes you get that whiff on the wind and that really makes you realize, hey, we're in spring. We're in spring and we're in Utah, which mm-hmm. is, I guess, is kind of the whole point of this description <laughs> is that we are in Utah. Yeah, this is our, I'm really going to say that this is our second spring in Utah. I feel like our first spring, like, yeah, we we did some Utah, but we also did Colorado. We were kind of like in and out a little bit, you know? We definitely spent a good chunk of time we in did. Moab, though. I have photos from like our first spring of, of the cacti blooming. No, I know. Like, I know we were here till like mid to late May. No, yeah. I know. I know we did, but we also were in Colorado in spring. Yeah, well, it too. feels like we've at least hit Moab every spring oh yeah for sure yeah we haven't maybe we haven't stayed here as long as we've wanted honestly i don't think i could ever stay in moab as long as i wanted one weather permitting (laughs) also just utah in general i don't think i can ever stay as long as we want in utah because yeah it's just it's such a drastic weather place yeah (laughs) that's not very scientific i mean hey we're talking mainly southern utah because that's really all that we know um but it is it is a place that has just these little pockets these window pockets of time where it is just perfect but it feels like 80 percent of the year it's pretty not unlivable but really challenging especially if you're in a van yeah you either have extremely freezing temps in the winter Mm -hmm. ridiculously hot temps in the summer fall i've heard is maybe the safest bet in Mm -hmm. terms of the best weather window but it's hard to leave other places in fall it's like out of all the places you could go in fall are you gonna go to utah then maybe (laughs) but and then spring is our other option and spring is windy and we just kind of accept that and deal with it it's it's the lesser of the evils in terms of heat and cool yes coolness yes spring in utah is very very windy and utah is at least southern utah is very dusty (laughs) so when it's windy and dusty that's just what you're living with you basically live with a layer of sand or dust just caked on your body at all times yes (laughs) i think this season is our dirtiest season (laughs) i have to say Um, but it's also it's probably the season we shower the most as well in terms of not even using our solar shower like we've been we consciously find showers around that we'll pay for. And Utah's very good at providing those, too. That's what I, think, I was going to say. I think yeah. Utah knows itself pretty well, and it knows that it's It knows very, its identity. Yes. It's very hot. It's very sweaty. It's very dusty and dirty. And people need to wash off. Yeah. <laughs> to wash off. From that. Uh, yes. From Utah. Get the yes. Utah out of them. But it's been, man, I have so much love for this part of the country. Like, like southern utah yeah or the southwestern well u.s yes southwestern u.s but like more specifically southern utah i really i mean i've always felt it but i don't know i think this spring has really like cemented it for me like 
the love. Like I've always loved Moab specifically. Like yes. that love has been cemented for a while for me now. But now just Southern Utah as a whole, I am really just, I'm vibing. I don't know. I'm really, it's it's making a lasting impression. Like it's something I want to keep coming back to over and over again. And I mean, a big piece of that, and I think this has been like the biggest light bulb maybe <laughs> this year for me when it came to Southern Utah, is how like it's it feels like the most remote exploration in the for, lower 48 to my knowledge. Like, yeah. It feels like there are parts of southern Utah that humans have not been to in hundreds of years. And like you can just stumble upon it. There's just so know? much of southern Utah that is inaccessible. One uh, it's yes. kind of it's harder for I mean, we already talked about the weather for people to live out here. There's not a lot of water sources, especially mm-hmm. as humanity gets further and further along in our future. Mm-hmm. Uh, that water is getting even scarce for southwestern Utah. And so you're not really finding big cities down here. So, you know, people aren't expanding out into the the wilderness as much like in other towns. And so, yeah, there's these areas, especially around southern Utah, that just feel like they get left unexplored or at least not they're not even known about because they're so inaccessible. They're so hard to get to in terms of just like planning a trip with the time of year and then, yeah, finding out how to get there. And there's no resources, like very hard to maintain, like living and exploring in these areas because you're going to run out of water and you're going to run out of food and you're going to have to drive miles and miles to like find something that can. Well, you're so right when you say the accessibility piece and like the big cities piece, like really the only big city in Utah is Salt Lake City and that's north I mean, I feel like in this southern half, like your quote unquote big cities are like Moab and St. George and maybe Provo, if like you count that in the southern part. But like Page, no, Page is in Arizona. Like those cities are not that big. (laughs) You know, they're not at all. Like the only reason people have really heard of them is because of the national parks nearby. But in terms yes, of Utah's people... great for national parks, so that should give you just a window into why it's so inaccessible and hard to get to. Because lots of the landscape here is just they're like, wow, that's so pretty, just make it a national park. I mean, there <laughs> are people can't go five there. national parks in southern Utah. Five, like I so feel what's like left. I feel like that, and says... the rest of it is national monuments, <laughs> yeah, like the Grand true. Staircase National Monument. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like that just says it all. But I just feel like I've always known that fact. And of course, we've spent two springs here in the past, but I just feel like this spring, it was really like that fact sunk in, you know, like, whew, it's been, it's been really lovely. <laughs> it's been really cool. And I, I feel like for me, it really sunk in when we were in Esclant. Esclant. Well, I was about yeah. to ask you, so where all have we been on this Utah journey? So we actually ended up this time taking the exact same route that we took last spring, um, to make our way back up and kind of play through Southern Utah. But it's been really fun this time around because there were things to look forward to, to come back to, but there also, we knew there was still so much in these spots that we hadn't done yet. Mm -hmm. And so it was kind of both like the familiarity, but also the unfamiliar familiarity. Yeah. Um, but our first stop was in Kanab, which is like right in between Zion National Park and Bryce Canyon National Park. So it's basically just this little town in between those two national parks. Um, I mean, it's just, I don't, it's beautiful. Like, <laughs> Oh, Kanab? Yes. Yes. Yeah. It, the, the spot we stay at 
and say that the past two springs on this, I love how you called it our play playtime through Utah or yeah. whatever. Yes. It, it really does feel like that. That's just kind of our season in general. And then also Utah, uh, I think one thing that's really been hitting home with me is it's just a playground. Yes. It's just like... But remote playground. Remote playground. But like, I, you could live here for years and years and not even scratch the surface of what all you can explore and see. Mm-hmm. And it feels like even if a spot's not a quote unquote, you know, national park, state park, national monument, you can just walk out in any direction and find something fucking cool to look at. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, in Kanab, we honestly didn't really do that much in terms of exploration um just the spot that we parked was really beautiful yeah and right that's... off the highway so unassuming you know kind of like i was just saying you can just pick anywhere we yeah. just pick this random like it looks like a const- it's like a construction lot essentially <laughs> that they can let you disperse camp on and all of a sudden you're on a you know a cliff overlooking just mountains mm-hmm. northern like north of you and like it's... red rock red rocks around red rock you. cliffs and like yeah. yeah rolling mountains and hills just out as like as far as you can see into the horizon yeah yeah it's like you can almost see salt lake i don't know about that (laughs) but from then from there we went to esclant which was we learned that's how the locals say it now this is kind of like our uh the way we learned to say saguaro remember there were lots of times on the podcast we didn't say it correctly uh last year we were calling it escalante which is what it looks like and probably, you know what, no, we'll have to go to Aaron on that one, but he's in New York right now. He's been there for some time. It's going to be hard to get him back on the show. We might need to find a new statistician. Mm. Statistician. Is that it? Statistician? Oh, man. Stat- I don't know. Fuck. Will Levis? Do you think he could do it? No. Uh-uh. Well, nope. <laughs> Jerry is still out on Will Levis. Sorry, Will. Okay. Wishing the best for you, but you're not going to be our stat guy. <laughs> okay. Well... What hiring? Send in your application. Okay, yes. Um, but yes, Esclant was the next part that we went to. And this was a place we went to last year. We literally did a whole podcast episode on our experience in back then calling it Escalante, which that still comes out sometimes. <laughs> if you see it, it's going to look like you should say it Escalante. <laughs> and based on like the history of Utah, it feels like there's probably some weird way to say it. Or, you know, that feels like kind of the appropriate way to say it. But yeah, but the locals say Esclant, so Esclant. I'm going to go with the locals. Esclant. It is cool just learning that, you know. Learning the name. <laughs> learning the name from the locals, yeah, because yeah. that's the town. We're like, it's, we're, they're almost like hosting us on this tour. I feel like mm-hmm. Utah is almost like hosting us. Certain cities we can kind of live more around, certain cities we feel more attached to and like have resources and stuff that they can host us better. And Esclant is one that's like, yeah, when I meet a local, which I feel like we met several this trip in mm-hmm. Esclant, it's like, oh man, thank you for like, I love, I love your town. I love mm-hmm. this area. I love Southern Utah. Kind of like this whole podcast is about. And uh, like, it is like they're hosting you. That was, I love that comparison. That was such a, so true. That was a good way yeah. to put it. Good host. Yeah. Um, so we went back to Esclant this time around and I feel like Esclant was really where that marriage of like the familiar and the unfamiliar met because we did have such a great time there. There were lots of local places we were excited to go back to in terms of the town. But then the like unfamiliarity part was like we knew there were so like land wise so much more to explore that we did not get to the first time around and like we'll never get to honestly. But no, no. I mean, yeah, Escalant is something else in terms of... Well, I mean, Moab is the Mecca, I think. But mm-hmm. Moab is becoming more explored. It I will is. Say. Still still endless exploration, mm-hmm. especially to the individual. But as a, as a community, 
as you know, a society, Moab is slowly getting more explored. But it is. Escalant feels like very unknown. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, definitely. I mean, one, just it's hard to access. It's four hours away from Moab. And mm-hmm. so like, who knows how far away it is from Salt Lake. I so, mean, I don't even know what the closest airport would like closest yeah. commercial airport yeah, would yeah, be yeah. you know it might be moab which moab <laughs> only flies to salt lake or denver so yes. already you're you're looking at multiple flights mm-hmm. if you want to even get within shooting distance of escalant mm-hmm. and then once you get there the town is very small i love how small it is even though like it's i mean it's a dirtbag town and i <laughs> love it and what i mean by that is, is it's windy as shit no and everything is dirty i mean that is true but that's not what i meant by that what i mean by that is like if you are a dirtbag like us like if you are someone who lives on the road not all people live on the road are dirt bags but what about the darling there's only one darling dirt bag there's one shout darling out sarah um, I need a name. we all need names like that but like i don't know if you're just the type of person who is outside a lot who is often dirty <laughs> you know who's those two coincide though yes. outside a lot often dirty yes it hand is in hand. just like the perfect little town because as you were saying yeah like big things they offer showers laundry like they know people are passing through their town looking for those things they're, they're very self-aware yeah. of who like if they get tourism what that tourism tourism is coming to do where yeah. i think moab is starting to lose some of that if i'm contrasting the cities like the national parks here arches which is just right outside of town is mm-hmm. has kind of lost its self-awareness and now it is catered and i mean i've seen it i've seen it this time around and i've seen it even last year i'm not I'm not hating on any of this, but it's very like the tourism coming in is honestly lots of uh, foreigners, mm-hmm. like lots of people outside the United States. I've met people from Canada and we've seen people from all different countries that are coming to Moab. I understand it. It's amazing. But Esclant doesn't really have that draw yet yeah. to that kind of like uh, international tourism. Yeah. Is what I'm saying. Yes. And you know, yes. I understand why Moab has it, but yeah. And I understand why Esclant doesn't have mm-hmm. it, but mm-hmm. so Esclant knows that it's catering to these nomadic people who are taking road trips, mm-hmm. driving through, who need these kind of resources and who maybe just, who maybe just need an overnight at a motel, you know, yeah. like not typically staying around for like a whole week. Exactly. Um, so they, they're, I mean, there's one spot that's almost a one-stop shop for nomads with mm-hmm. laundry, showers, the only liquor store in Esclant. Water fill-up. <laughs> Vegan pizza, mm-hmm. which is amazing. Yeah, water. Uh, it's... Yeah. Yeah. So in terms of that, like, all those things town-wise, we were very excited to get back to. And we just we just fell in love with these little, little places. I mean, everyone there in all of the local shops are just so friendly. And, like, it's just fun to talk to people because, I mean... I'm always curious as to how people ended up there. And I feel like they're always curious as to why people are there, (laughs) you know, like just as I'm as curious as to like, so like, how long have you lived here? And like, what brought you here? They're just as curious to be like, what brought you here? Yes. (laughs) And a lot of times some of the people we'll meet working are like, well, I was just a nomad two years ago Mm -hmm. and either I broke down here, Mm -hmm. which happened to two of our friends Mm -hmm. (laughs) or like, I just like stopped through to, you know, for a week and now I've been here for two years. Cause I loved it. Cause I loved it. And I was like, I can totally see that. But I feel like this time also we met people who were born there. Yes. Yes. That was super intriguing to me. I'm like, whoa, tell me about your life here in mm-hmm. Esclant. Like, what all have you seen and explored? Well, I think the cool thing, too, I mean, we only met a few people like that, but... Shout out to IRDJ. <laughs> I know he's a new listener of the podcast. Oh, Thank hey. you. But, like, all of them, I feel like they didn't want to leave. You know, like, they seemed... No, they've been there the whole time. Yes, yeah. and they seemed very happy to stay. And like They were very happy people. 
Yeah, and that's not always the case when you meet someone who's lived somewhere their whole life. Either they want to get out and just see new things, or I feel like the other big reason they want to get out is because, like, too many people are moving. You're like, I just, it's not what it used to be. I don't like it anymore, and I want to leave, you know? And none of the locals there gave any of those types of responses. They were just like, I love it here. They all, and they gave all different responses. One said it was a great spot to raise your kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what the others said, but I remember <laughs> that one. <laughs> but the other guys, I mean, our IR DJ was getting up there in years, and he's still there. And I'm like, that, mm-hmm. that says something, man. You, This town is small, and I know it's probably grown even like triple the size in the last 15 years, if not shorter amount of time. But even then, that's not that much. Yeah, even yeah, yeah, even then, it's not that much. So what it was before then, and, to, and for you to have been here for, you know, 50 years, that... There's something good about Escalante. Mm-hmm. I really like the energy there. Escalante. Sorry, I'm not even. Saying well, I it think right. it. I think it draws a certain type of person. Like I think, and so I think, like I was saying, yeah, the people that are drawn to it are already connected because it takes a certain type of person to enjoy that town and enjoy that part of the country year round. And so, say a dirt baggy type of person, yeah, yes, darling or not. So, like I think you already have that in common with the majority of the people you're meeting. And so, right. I don't know, it's good grounds to... And if you've probably lived there, you're used to the wind and dirt and the grime and the harsh, harsh weather three out of four seasons, so... Yeah, we've heard there's, like, just three good weeks a <laughs> <Yeah>. year. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I mean, we literally had this uh, kind of situation happen to two friends that we met on the road where mm-hmm. they broke down leaving Escalante last year and ended up uh, getting jobs are working in es- working and living in Escalante now and are planning to stay there for like three years. And mm-hmm. we got to see them. Shout out to Paul and Catherine, mm-hmm. if you guys are listening. And, uh, yeah, they were telling us that, yeah, we because we were talking about how it's so hard for us to just plan a trip to Escalante with the weather as it is since we're living outside. And he was like, yeah, I, I they bought a cat, uh, like an OHV side yeah. by side. An Arctic cat. An Arctic yeah. cat to explore. And he's like, yeah, once I got this and started learning more about Esclant, he's like, I decided you really only have three weeks in the fall where <laughs> the weather is permissible for you to like go out and explore without mm-hmm. danger of getting too hot, too cold or anything else. Or wind blasted. Or wind blasted. Yeah. Or like washed away in a monsoon yeah. wash, you know, which is also a danger there. Yeah. And so he's like, once I saw how much there was to explore, I figured I would need three years. So nine weeks in total to be able to explore kind of what I wanted to like satisfy my, my craving for that. And I was like, I totally get that. I don't know. I've only been in Escalante for like two weeks in my life. And I think I could spend endless time here, especially with that kind of access with the cat, Mm -hmm. but you only have those small windows too. So it's gotta, you gotta stack it up over years. Yeah. I don't know if it'll ever be explored fully. Uh, Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if the earth wants it to be explored fully. Right. Like that's. And we also learned this year reading that the Grand Escalante Staircase mm-hmm. is one of the most remote parts in the lower 48. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also that it was like the last place in the contiguous U.S. to be uh, mapped. Mm-hmm. So, so he's talking about the Grand Staircase Escalante National Monument. Yes. That was the last place in the lower 48 to be cartographed or to be mapped. So yes. that tells you all you need to know about and they, the they even I think how I read it was like, they even say, they guess it's one of the most remote parts on in, in the U.S. I'm like, if you're guessing that it's remote, you know no one's going back there. Yeah. You know no one's living back there. No one's going back there. It, it probably is one of the most remote parts. Yeah, yeah. But this time around, we got to do some new exploring that we hadn't done in that area. We got to go hike um, two slot canyons and one narrows, I guess. It was all one hike, but we got to go through Peekaboo Slot Canyon and Spooky Spooky Slot Canyon and then like 
Upper Fork Narrows, I think is what it was called. Um, if you're not familiar with what a slot canyon is, I know I wasn't until I moved, honestly, probably until I visited Utah. <laughs> um, a slot canyon is basically, it's a canyon, but it's very, very narrow and you can walk in it. It's, I mean, so obviously it's made by water, you know, carving out rock mm-hmm. over a long period of time. Um, you but need a graph. Picture a graph. <laughs> but what makes it different than a regular canyon is the width, is the size. It is tiny. It's almost as if someone just like pulled out like a sliver of rock from the earth, like just straight vertical up. So it's you honestly can... just like a crack. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. That's like a good a, way to just, it's a crack in the earth that you can walk in. It's a crack that in. you can squeeze yourself into enough to make it a hike. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can squeeze yourself through this crack for a mile and it's like, all right, that's a hike. Yes. And sometimes these slot canyons do require equipment. Like sometimes they do require some repelling because they're just too narrow at the bottom. So maybe you have to like repel yourself down and, you know. Or just climb. Yeah. I mean, we didn't have equipment. But we don't have equipment, so we have to, if we do decide to explore these, we have to choose ones where we don't need equipment. Um, and these two or we were... Just, we're ignorant. I think we could have used some equipment <laughs> I was about to say, these two, these last ones. I think, were the most adventurous that we could have chosen. Um, there were definitely parts where we had to... Some ropes would have been helpful to help climb, but, you know... Instead, was, we had each other. We had each other. We had us plus the average wanderers, Jen and Bryce... And so between the four of us, them, you can accomplish anything <laughs> between the four of us, you know, practicing our cheerleading, stunting and pushing each other up and pulling each other up. We were able to make it through. We literally had uh, several moments where all four of us were involved in the process mm-hmm. of like helping everyone get up to the next level. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, one person was filming. So, but that's part that's helping. Yes, that is and helping. The other three people were like working, you know, to get each other up. Yeah. But. It really was when I was in those slot canyons and just doing that hike. I mean, I was reading at the trailhead for that hike. Um, This was in like the, I think it was Scorpion Wilderness or Wild Scorpion Wilderness area, something like that. And it was saying that that part, once again, this just continues with this theme of how remote and unexplored Southern Utah is. That part of the U.S. was one of the most, was one of the quietest places. Oh, yes. I don't, I don't know if it just said in the U.S. or if it said on the planet. I can't remember, but one of the most quiet <laughs> Let's go places. Go without the least U.S. in the U.S. and they actually measured it. They like set up, um, what are those things that measure sound? Some kind of, it's, it's not a barometer that reads pressure. Okay, that reads atmosphere pressure. They set, but up, it reads decibels. It's like at the Titans game yes. when they're like. It's third and three and get on your feet. And then they show the decimal level on the jumbotron. Yes, they and set up whatever and... measures the decibel level out there for an extended period of time. And yes, the decibel measurements that they got Analytically, back. it read as one of the quietest, quietest places you can find. And you really felt it on that hike. Like, you felt like you were just in the middle of nowhere. Like, and that, it was really, really cool. Yeah. It was very peaceful. It was very... I don't know. You felt, I felt like very held, honestly, by the earth. Hosted. Hosted by the earth. Except for when Spooky can- Slot Canyon got a little too tight, then I got kind of freaked out. But <laughs> that was a little, <laughs> I, mean, I felt yes. a little too held. Spooky got tight enough to where it was up against, like if you're shimmying sideways, it's up against your pressing on your chest mm-hmm. and pressing on your back. Mm-hmm. That's how slim it would get. And then you look up above you and the walls of the canyon are like inches apart at the top. So there's just like barely any light coming through. Yes. Honestly, if you're curious about what 
at all that hike looked like, you should go check out our friend's YouTube video they made on our hike. Mm -hmm. So featuring us, too. Thanks for having us on. Yes. Uh, But The Average Wonders. On their YouTube channel. On their YouTube channel. That is a great way to visualize what we are discussing Mm -hmm. right now. If Mm -hmm. you don't really know what a slot canyon is or the extent of how tight they mm-hmm. get mm-hmm. but they were they were mind-blowing i think i said it after the facts it was one of my favorite hikes i've ever done mm-hmm. right up there with reed lakes from alaska mm-hmm. last year another like epic hike that we've done but the just the landscape down there it, oh and just like you know how it was formed understanding the history of how these slot canyons formed because they weren't just a crack it is water that is slowly carving out this it's a smooth crack with like mm-hmm. waves and flows and like arches and holes and and, i mean who knows how long this who took knows? yes like you're getting to see like these ancient secrets of the earth and it's just so cool yes i've actually since i've been journaling in utah everything that i keep on journaling i kind of always start my journaling session with a little like whereabouts you know oh you I, paint the picture I paint where you the are picture, yeah a lot of times so i've been practicing i've been practicing and especially i mean especially in places like utah where it's like i can't not paint a picture like i can't not first describe at least my setting to my pa- my future self when i come back and read this <laughs> you know why like why i'm writing this way you know i got to get some of the setting there and i keep on coming back to i've just said like U- utah feels like it has so much just like history to its rocks and to its canyons like you've literally this is the history of the world before us from Mm. it crumbling and like it's it's evolution to yeah what like the future holds to where it's like just rotting and crumbling away you really feel the cycle of and the history that the earth holds in utah that's so true i love that you brought up the future part too because i mean there have been like we're in moab right now and you mentioned arches national park it's like blown up i feel like in the last few years known obviously for its natural understandably it's amazing yeah but they are like there are ones that have they'll crack and they'll break and they will fall even though it's They've been there for hundreds of years. Like, you're so right. Like, not only is it telling the story of the past, but you can also see the, not see the future, but like, I don't know, it gives glimpses into the future, that, I guess. You see, I mean, you see like the progression, especially, I, I loved in the slot canyon, you could see like how it carved, however deep we were into the earth. You were like, how this rock has been here just mm-hmm. for millennia, mm-hmm. essentially. And yeah. Just, it makes me think of, which I haven't been here yet, um, but I think of like the Redwoods, you know, and I've yes. heard so many friends and other people who've been there talk about how just, you know, they're moved to tears sometimes at these old, ancient, beautiful, tall trees and just the stories that they tell and just being in the presence of them is like, so you you feel like, yeah, you're, you feel like you're experiencing the history yeah. of the earth. And that, even though I have not seen the Redwoods yet, I feel like it's kind of a similar similar feeling i definitely get that like i hold like i have hold reverence for utah's Mm. landscape like it feels and i remember when uh even doing those slot canyon hikes and it was talking about how this is the quiet one of the quietest Mm -hmm. places on earth it like encouraged you or your group to like you know revere that and like to limit your talking and limit your communication or just like keep your voice quieter to like just maintain that kind of sanctum there Mm -hmm. and i was i've yeah i've been I've had lots of reverence for Utah as we travel through, and Moab has just extended that. The landscape, it is the Mecca. <laughs> Moab is the Mecca. Beautiful spot. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I need a second, because you kind of, <laughs> I don't know why I'm getting emotional just hearing you talk about it. Cause I, about Utah? Yes, it just, I don't know, it rings very true. Um, 
And we have this feeling, and it's still been, like, pretty shit. I mean, it's been windy as shit. <laughs> like, last week when we were in Escalante, I came in one night, and it literally felt like everything in our van, from our bed to our books on our shelf to our kitchen counter, was a solid just layer of dust. Yes. <laughs> and to my phone screen, you could draw a smiley face on it. And it just, like, everything is so dry, too. I mean, it is... Make no mistake about it. It is harsh. Um, <laughs> harsh climate. It is harsh. Here. It is dirty. It is dusty. Um, I mean, a big part of everything getting so dirty, which I feel like this has to be mentioned if we're going to talk about those Slot Canyon hikes, was the road to get to the trailhead to those hikes. Another reason that this part of the the U.S. is one of the quietest places. And also why it remains so remote. Is because damn of roads. <laughs> how hard it is to get to. Um, we had to drive 27 miles down a completely rutted out washboarded road. So not anything challenging in terms of technica- technicality. Like any car could do it. Um, it's just you're driving on washboard road for 27 miles so that means going about 15 miles an hour it's almost like waveboard road like mm. i wanted a jet ski in certain areas with how <laughs> much they weren't they weren't washboards at certain points it was like oh this is like coming in on a wake here <laughs> you know it was ridiculous yeah so I, it took us almost two hours yes just to get there one way one way and um, then we did the hike and, you know, it really, it was when we first parked, I'm like, I really hope this hike is worth it because <laughs> we got to drive back out and it's going to take another two hours going 10 miles an hour. Yeah. And I mean, with it being a not paved road as well, there's just obviously the van is kicking up dust the whole way. And I mean, we've got lots of cracks in this van, like dust is getting in. If we're kicking up dust in the van from driving it's getting into the van like we have lots of slots in this van we'll say <laughs> so to i mean stay on theme yes our bed everything was just covered in dust and that's just kind of how we had to live for a minute you know just <laughs> yeah. laying but on the reward the dust. but the, the reward, reward is the exploration the reverence the i mean breathtaking is kind of cliche but literally hard to hard to describe i don't know if we're doing a good job of it or not so you got to watch the video between the, between the podcast and the video maybe we'll you know <laughs> you'll start to get a glimpse of it but honestly you got to come experience it for yourself and even then you're like holy shit yeah can't comprehend all this yeah so all that to say our time in Escalant was just it was mind-blowing i'm I, still i'm still feel like i'm like feeling the energy from that experience you I, know? our first trip to Escalante a year ago and I know we have a podcast on that where we played mm-hmm. a, it just felt like a dream like almost something out of like a movie that I mean Utah is kind of like movie-esque like a road trip through across America to, to find the coolest spots and have the most like memorable experiences and also just that wild wild west vibe yes. you know and yeah. Escalante, Escalante provided that the first year and like going back to this I was like I don't like Am I just holding it in too high regards? Like, does this still have the same energy? And this time exceeded beyond that. And now it feels more, I mean, very homey, too. Mm-hmm. Like, it is a place that I'm holding in my heart now. Escalante really showed me stuff. It really took the next level this trip. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> too. Yeah, it's a special It's a special place. And one I think we will be visiting many times over. Yes, hopefully. It's just so damn hard to it get to. <laughs> That's true. Um but yeah, from Escalant, we just continued on in our little Moab play or playing in Southern Utah <laughs> and made it to Moab, which 
we we have a pretty good history with Moab. Um, just to give a little background, this is not our first time here. It's not our second time or third time. It's probably like our, I don't know, 18th time here. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the first time we came here was back in 2018. We had just moved to Colorado um, in 2018. And we always say this, that, you know, we were very excited to be in Denver, super excited to be in Colorado and you know, all of these new people we were meeting, like our coworkers and everything, people who had lived in Colorado, at least for a little bit, I feel like we were asking everyone, okay, what are the hikes we need to do? Like, where should we go? Like, what do you recommend? And so many people responded with, I mean, yeah, Colorado's cool, but you should check out Moab. Yes. <laughs> and we were like, okay. <laughs> I thought we moved to Colorado, but I guess we should be in Utah. I mean, it's right across the border. Yeah, it's, it's not close. far. It's not far. Man, if Colorado had Moab just, you know, looped around it, oh, it would be man. insane. But wow. it doesn't really fit. It is no. more Utah vibes, for it is. sure. It's 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 where it needs to be. But, um, so, yeah, the first time we came to Moab was in 2018. And I feel like ever since, I mean, that was a life-changing trip for many, many reasons. But I feel like ever since then, it has just been, it was, it was one of those places that became home quick. Like, some places, like Escalante, I think, took, like, maybe two times to become home, which is pretty quick. That That's what you just said. <laughs> yeah. Moab, I felt at home, like, after a day. You know, like, it oh, It was very fast. I, I don't know. That feels pretty bold. But, I mean, I think I had the same, like, that, yeah, our first trip to Moab was so, like, monumental in terms of what we experienced. Kind of like our first trip to Escalante. And then, yeah, coming back, it just, like, cemented, like, oh, that wasn't just like a one-off trip and just like a, you know, right place, right time thing. That is the energy that Moab provides. And I'm very at home experiencing that energy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, definitely like I, you kind of like feel that energy the first time. And then you can access it and kind of like identify it coming back to it. And, and such they a co- both hold, both those places hold that. Such a cool thing to hear is, as you've mentioned, it's so vast and so expand. Like every time is like a different, it's different because like. We can part, there's so, there's different landscape. I mean, they're getting less and less these days, but there's different landscapes you can park in, you know, like you can park where we are right now and, and like have a really wide view of a lot of things, or you can go like the Moab airport. Yes. Or you can go more and park by those mesas. And so really those are your view, or you can go park, used to be able to park like right at the edge of a canyon. So you can have a canyon view. You can go park by the Colorado river, like just changing your scenery totally kind of changes the vibe of where you are too. And that's a real, I feel like that's a really cool thing too. I feel like every trip to Moab has like felt different because we've been somewhere different and doing different things. There's also just like unlimited activity. Yeah. I mean, it's very easy to burn a month in Moab. It's like, I can always, if someone's like, you want to go to Moab? I'm like, I could easily burn a month, like a month there. I didn't even think I would be there a month or it doesn't even feel like a month. So it's, but all of our windows and trips here have been much smaller than that. And so it feels like we're just getting drip fed, you know, mm, that's just true. A little parts of Moab. Cause now. once again, weather windows, <laughs> Cause weather, yes, the same weather window rules apply to Moab. As they did the Escalant. I mean, we did try to break those weather windows one time, and we did try to come to Moab in July, and we immediately turned around and went back to Colorado. Way too hot. That <laughs> yeah. was dumb We decision. were there for a solid six hours. Yeah. We pulled in at 8 p.m., and it was like 98 degrees still, mm-hmm. and then by the time the sun rose at like 
who knows before 6 a.m it was gonna be 98 again like mm-hmm. ah we had to get out it's gonna yeah. be like 114 the next day yeah. so yeah very big mistake we were newbies in the van in the road life we just loved mob and we were excited and we wanted to go there yeah we already loved it so it's like why not go there but it's moab sunny. was like yo give me some space i love you too but give me some space yeah <laughs> only edward abbey's living there during those months true and we we can just read about it i guess yeah we, yeah, we don't have to experience it we yes. got a little glimpse of what he was dealing with yes but it's been good being here in moab and you know what it's crazy to think what's on the horizon <laughs> colorado is on the horizon but for now we're finishing up we're finishing up our little play through Southern Utah. Yes, there's still more left to be explored in Moab as I sit here saying this. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there will ever be enough time I can spend in Moab. Yeah. But we're okay. here now, so that's cool. <laughs> okay, I have a question for you. Okay. So after we've just like gone on for about 40 minutes, like setting the scene. <laughs> Is this still, are we still setting the scene? We've gone on for about 40 minutes, basically like declaring our love for Southern Utah. Would you ever want to live here? Like, full-time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, full-time? Yeah. No. Maybe not but in a van. I don't even... I don't mean in the van. I just mean in general. Like, I don't think I live, want to live anywhere full-time. Okay. If that's fair. Like, currently... What about my, Alaska? Not full-time. Okay. Every time I say Alaska, people are always like, well, what about the winters? And I'm like, I, I haven't crossed that bridge, okay? I'm going to start with the summers <laughs> and, and go from there. <laughs> yeah. But I am sure, knowing myself, I will not be there. If we ever do live in Alaska, I don't think we're going to be there for the whole winter. <laughs> Each Good. and every year. Good. If that were the case, you know, we, we'd find a way to get away. We're snowbirds mm-hmm. chasing that no-shirt weather. <laughs> but Southern Utah, Yeah. I would definitely spend stints here, like especially you know we we talked about our friends who kind of landed in Escalante, mm-hmm. and now it was going to be a year, and now it's three years. Like I could definitely see myself doing a window like that in either of these city, either of these towns yeah. or areas. And yes, I know the weather would be harsh, and our and our windows for exploring it would be so little, like to do it and outdoor activities and we're pretty much already here doing mm-hmm. those seasons anyways uh but just i think just kind of reaping the energy of the area and like being able to fully immerse myself just living here year in and year out would be very cool yeah and so yeah it wouldn't be lifetime it wouldn't be you know maybe even completely year round but i would you know long like longer long-term I, stints i could do long-term stints <laughs> yeah you know yeah start with a month maybe two months yeah three months yeah. Six months, that'd probably be the max right okay. now, just in terms of weather. Well, if that ever happens, we're going to have to remember this conversation on this podcast. Yeah, would you? I Would I? Yeah. Like, yes, I would entertain. Could you? I would entertain the idea. <laughs> so entertain it for me here on air. Yes. If there were, like, <laughs> if there was an opportunity that presented itself, I wouldn't immediately say no. Like, I would definitely, uh, there'd be a lot of things to consider. Like, I would consider obviously what time of year it is and what this what our life situation is at the moment but i think so i could for a little bit <laughs> so very hypothetical question you yeah. gave a hypothetical answer yeah <laughs> so what else do you expect <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i mean just it intrigues me like it tickles my curiosity that's what southern utah does and so yeah it feels like uh, you know, I just want to come back. I already can't wait for the next time we're going to be in Escalante and get to get to travel there and explore more. Even though it's going to be little, you know, we only get to do a few hikes each year there. Drip fed. Drip fed. And but I just I can't wait for the next time. It will be the right time too when we go. Yeah. So Agreed. that's cool. Yeah. Well, 
Guess we I guess we stop should talking about stop talking about it and go like hang out in it. Go yeah, explore. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see it. It looks very hot right now. You've so. got the afternoon ahead of you, so. You do too. Well, I've got a couple commitments, but. Hey. But hey. I do. I, I'm cool with doing commitments here in Moab. <laughs> okay. Cool. Okay. Thanks, thanks for listening. You, you got it. Okay. You yeah. got it. Thanks for listening always. Um, and uh, that's all I got. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate you supporting this podcast. As we've said before, listening is supporting. Sharing with friends is supporting. So thank you so much for all the support that we've received up to this point. Um, if you would like to find another way to support the podcast. You can become an avid listener. Check out our Patreon and yes. see what that means. Whoop. Yes, but I will yeah, link anyways, that in the show notes. Thanks for listening. I will link that in the show notes below. As always, thanks for your support. We love you and we'll see you next time. Peace out. Bye.